Welcome to another episode of Consumer Protection and You with Ryan Lippy. Today we're going to be talking about identity theft, so stay tuned. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Consumer Protection and You with Ryan Lippy. Ryan Lippy is a consumer educator with the Ohio Attorney General's Office. And today we're going to be talking about identity theft. Ryan, it's always a pleasure working with you. Oh, thank you. And thanks for your uh, partnership and getting some good stuff out to the community about, in this case, one of the most growing crimes out there, which is identity theft. Uh, identity theft occurs when somebody obtains and uses your personal information without your permission to commit a fraud. And the reason I stress uses is just because you've been a victim of a data breach, that's one thing. It means you're vulnerable to identity theft, but you've not yet been a victim because no one has used your information yet. In the Equifax data breach alone from a couple years ago, there were some 140-some million uh, pieces of information, confidential identifying information that would belong to consumers that was exposed. And probably at least some of those consumers have experienced one form of identity theft or another. Has identity theft been very prevalent throughout the United States? Or are we getting a handle on preventing that? Well, you know, as we rely more on technology, we're also uh, putting lots of data into the cloud, into different databases, onto computer systems, both within our homes and offices, as well as exposing data to potential risk through other companies. So I would say it's getting worse, not better, in terms of just the amount of identity theft we see. Uh, just recently, due to the pandemic, we've gotten a lot of claims for unemployment insurance. Some of those claims have been going to Ohio uh, Department of Job and Family Services and have been completely fraudulent. Scammers were holding on to social security numbers and other personal identifying information, waiting for this kind of opportunity to strike. And they're using that information to claim unemployment, even for people that are still working or retired or not old enough to work yet. Uh, the floodgates have sort of opened up for job and family services to be exposed to the kind of identity theft we've seen in previous years going into our credit card system, mortgages, auto loans, things like that are now happening with unemployment insurance. I thought job and family services had a really good track record of who was employed. Well, uh, you... You would be surprised at how, you know, based on the CARES Act funding and based on the ability for people to uh, sign up through the web for unemployment insurance, it's amazing how many people are able to get through and at least get the ball rolling on trying to get somebody else's unemployment insurance. And that's something that consumers have to take up with Ohio Job and Family Services. They're the experts, as you mentioned, um, involving unemployment insurance issues and unemployment compensation. But suffice it to say, a lot of people are getting through that shouldn't be in the system. And when you get notices in the mail, uh, pay attention to them. And if you see something that doesn't 
seem quite right. I myself got a letter establishing a password with um, ohiomeansjobs.com. I never wanted it, never asked for it. And, and lo and behold, I called up Ohio Job and Family Services and learned that my own identity was attempted to be stolen using my identifiable information. Um, so I needed to point that out to Job and Family Services so I could help them put the brakes on that identity theft. They then turned it over to their fraud team, stopped the uh, benefits from flowing to the scam artist, and now hopefully that's history. But the other thing I did was I, in reaction to that, not only called Ohio Job and Family Services, but I put what's called an initial fraud alert on my credit reports as well, so that it'll be much harder for a scammer to try to use my information for other purposes like opening up credit cards. If they decide to open up a credit card with my same stolen information, they're gonna be asked for additional verification and identification before, uh, before credit's issued in my name because I have that initial fraud alert registered with the three credit reporting bureaus. Uh, we, we have seen a lot of data breaches. You know, Equifax is one of them. We've had uh, different universities who've sent out letters. So individuals are holding uh, social security numbers or they're holding enough personal information and they are waiting for the opportune time to, to use that. Yeah, or they're storing it for sale in the dark web, on the dark web that we always talk about. It's a part of the web where you and I probably never go to the dark web because we're not involved in nefarious activities and illegal organized crime operations. But scammers know where to go to load the information up, to sell the information, to find it. So there could be databases like that that have been pasted into the dark web and uh, just waiting for a right buyer or waiting for the right timing, like you mentioned, to strike out and try to wage identity theft against these potential victims. One of the things that I, I see in our society, we tend to be very obedient people. Um, being very obedient people, we um, trust or we have been taught to trust. Uh, for instance, if, if a policeman comes up onto our porch and knocks on the door, because of that uniform, we trust that they are policemen. And we also trust uh, certain things on the, the computer to where um, we get into a lot of trouble. Absolutely. Yeah, and we see a lot of fishing out there, fishing with a PH, not fishing in the Scioto River, but fishing for personal <laughs> information. So we see a lot of people um, being duped into giving out information based on a story that someone's sending them over email with a stolen bank uh, logo, stolen bank information, and suspicious links that go to the scammer instead of the bank asking for pins and passwords and account numbers and social security numbers. That's another way identity thieves do their dirty work is by asking for that information through a phishing scam. Huh. Uh, you have a video that you wanted to show that's from the Federal Trade Commission. Yeah, let's go ahead and play that video. It's a good four or five minute video on uh, the basics of identity theft and introducing you to real life victims of identity theft. I'll go ahead and play it now.
Somebody took it away from me in the blink of an eye. In less than a month, this woman destroyed what I had worked for for 15 years. I mean, your credit score is basically all you have. I was mugged. They got my information. It can really negatively affect your life. Then they went off with the information and basically became me. I feel it's a loss of control that someone's out there pretending to be you and doing things in your name that can come back to haunt you. Somebody was using my name and all my personal data. They'd done it all. I just didn't even know where to start. They had a, a long record. It's a terrible feeling. Identity theft. It happens when your personal information is stolen and used without your knowledge. It's a serious crime that can cost you time and money, ruin your credit, and destroy your good name. When I was a victim of identity theft, my mail had been stolen. I was shopping at a, at a grocery store and someone took my wallet. I think I made a purchase and they stole all my debit card information. Uh, my briefcase had been, had been tampered with and I, when I looked in it I saw that my passport and my uh, driver's license which I had in there had been taken. Identity theft happens when someone takes information about you and then uses it to commit fraud. Identity theft is, is very serious. We know that identity fraud in its various forms has affected 10 million people in any given year. And what that means in dollars is that it's a loss to businesses of about $50 billion. On top of that, victims of identity theft have spent $5 billion trying to undo this harm. Everyone needs to be conscious that identity theft is real. When you get news that your identity has been potentially stolen, it's very, it's sort of this open-ended problem that has occurred and you don't know what's going to come of it. No one's immune, which isn't to say that we're powerless. There's a lot we can do to deter, detect, and defend ourselves. My identity was stolen when I was mugged. It is pretty traumatic, especially uh, the, how it happened to me. They got my information and it happened. Then they went off with the information and be basically became me when they went to charging items in stores. Identity thieves can only take advantage of you if you give them information or if they obtain information about you. So what you want to do is take steps to make it less likely that your information falls into the wrong hands. There are many ways that you can do that. And the first is to stop and look in your wallet. What are you carrying around? And if you lose your wallet, are you giving somebody else an opportunity to commit identity theft? So avoid carrying around any identification that has your social security number on it in your wallet because that can be used very easily and efficiently by identity thieves. They could have your name, they could have your birth date, but if they don't have their, your social security number, they're not going to get very far. But all they really need is a social security number and they can misspell your name and still get credit. The only place that social security card number should be is in your head and protect it somewhere at home where you keep your other valuables. And if someone asks you to provide a social security number, ask them why they need it. Um, how they're going to keep it, how they're going to safeguard it, because you don't want that number to fall into the wrong hands. I had an incident that I thought was a valid uh, reason to give out information until they asked for my social security number. I went as far as the first three digits. I thought, gee, they don't need that. And then I hung up. This is a crime. You have to think when you're at home, protect your identity. Don't leave around your personal documents, your date of birth. Somebody could come into your home and have immediate access to that information. You also have to be careful about your trash. Now, a lot of people routinely receive things in the mail, maybe bank statements, credit card statements, or health insurance forms, and if they don't need them, they just throw them away in the trash. They shouldn't do that. Everyone should invest in a shredder. So before they dispose of these critical documents, you shred them. Identity thieves, don't worry about getting their hands dirty. They will go through your trash to retrieve these documents.
documents. They go where the information is. They'll steal your mail. They will steal your trash. They'll steal your wallet. And that's how they get information about you. Deter identity theft. Protect your social security number. Shred financial documents and paperwork with any personal information before you throw them out. Never give out personal information on the phone or internet unless you know who you are dealing with. My name is Nicole M. Robinson. The woman who stole my identity, her name is Nicole A. Robinson. She stole my information from the pharmaceutical company that she worked for. After this happened, it devastated my financial life. I ordered my credit reports, and I received a credit report in the mail that was 54 pages long. It had over 170 accounts. 140 of them were in collections. It had 42 different names and 65 different addresses on it. Not only was somebody else reaping the benefits of my good credit, I could no longer have access to my own good credit. And I cried. I cried every day for three months. On top of the financial and the time that people spend in resolving these issues, it's an emotional burden on victims. My life before the identity theft case was wonderful. In less than a month, this woman destroyed what I had worked for for 15 years. She got my life. Uh, if you're a, your identity does get stolen and unfortunately they they use that information against you sometimes the financial institutions will say to you resolve your problems and then come back to us yeah and that's where we step in in terms of being able to provide help to consumers with certain types of identity theft we do have an identity theft unit that's been in operation for several years under the Ohio Attorney General's office in our consumer protection section. And that service is available to match up consumers with a consumer advocate on our staff to help rectify the effects of identity theft. So that is available through uh, www.ohioprotects.org, through our toll-free number 800 282-0515. And we also have a great relationship with the Federal Trade Commission, who offers a special website for people to help doing rectifying the effects on their own of identity theft. That's simply identitytheft.gov. And identitytheft.gov takes you step by step into uh, telling them what type of identity theft it was, what happened, what uh, the ramifications are, and then fixing those through the self-help process. So again, we have the traditional identity theft unit services that we offer at the state level. Then at the federal level, there's the do-it-yourself variety through identitytheft.gov. You can spend hours and hours and hours trying to undo what somebody has did to you in a, in a short period of time, just like the, the lady on that video. Absolutely. And there are times when you close one credit card that was open fraudulently only to find out the next day or the next week that three more have opened up using your same identifiable information. I mean, we don't live in a society where if you just want a new social security number, you invent one. Um, you're pretty much given the social security number from birth or when you first register and you have that for life. So with that information, uh, it's a golden opportunity, unfortunately, for identity th thieves to 
um, prey on their victims and open up lines of credit, credit cards, loans, other and other types of financial instruments in somebody else's name using social security number, dates of birth, all that kind of personal identifying information that we really urge people to keep to themselves. As grandparents, uh, we had the uh, general idea of giving to our grandchildren um, government bonds, uh, U.S. bonds. But in order to get U.S. bonds, you've got to attach a Social Security number to that. Right. And that, that has sort of a concern in the fact that, first of all, grandparents have or could have the Social Security numbers uh, of a, a baby. And not only do the parents have the Social Security number and the child, but now the grandparents, if they want to give a government bond. And uh, I, I can see where uh, attaching a Social Security number to a child uh, can be detrimental in some aspects. Yeah, and here's the good news. Um, the good news is... We've sort of caught up with the identity thieves in terms of child identity theft. Um, it happens. It happens quite a bit, in fact. And um, once, um, once a child is born and once they get a social security number that the parents and the grandparents and that some people start to know, uh, that can be compromised. And that's a social security number without any bad marks against it. Yeah. The, they've never not paid a bill. They've never not paid their taxes. They've never filed for bankruptcy. Think of the think of the uh, the uh, positive aspects of credit when it comes to using a fresh social security number that's never been exposed before. That's what identity thieves have done, and that's where we've responded by allowing parents to uh, protect their child from identity theft by putting a freeze on that child's credit report. And that's free of charge. And so we have a new video at the Ohio Attorney General's office just released a couple weeks ago on um, child identity theft and how parents can respond by freezing their child's credit. So do we wanna go ahead and watch that video? Did you know identity theft can happen to a child? Your child can be targeted by an identity thief partly because the child has no credit card, no loans, no utility or cable TV account in their name. Because children don't have credit blemishes like late payments or bankruptcies, their social security numbers are hot targets for identity thieves. But a parent can protect the child by placing a security freeze on the child's credit report. Security freezes are free in Ohio and throughout the country. A security freeze locks a child's credit report, so scammers and creditors cannot access it. The parent can lift the freeze if they want or need to. The child can lift the freeze once they reach age 16. First step, gather these documents. The parent's proof of ID, like a passport, driver's license, social security card, or birth certificate. The child's social security card or birth certificate. And the parent may need one copy of a utility bill or insurance statement that shows their address. Second step, contact all three of the major credit reporting agencies, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. 
third step. Both Experian and Equifax have minor freeze request forms. Get these and fill them out. The third credit reporting agency, TransUnion, does not have a form. So instead, send a written request for a protected consumer freeze on your child's credit file. Fourth step, send the needed documents to each credit reporting agency. Send it certified mail, return receipt requested. Also, it's best for you to take all this material directly to the post office rather than leaving this personal information as outgoing mail in your unlocked mailbox at home. The credit reporting agencies notify you in writing once the freeze is in place, and you get peace of mind knowing your child is protected from credit identity theft with one of the best tools available, a security freeze at all three major credit reporting agencies. So, sometimes, though, grandparents run into problems, you know, again, with uh, giving savings bonds to grandchildren. Uh, do you suggest a, a better way of doing that? Well, the important thing is whenever you're handling confidential or personal identifying information, you got to treat it with um, with care. You got to make sure that you don't buy savings bonds using free public Wi-Fi, for example, where a scammer might be looking over your shoulder either in reality or virtually uh, stealing information that you're putting into the network. So making sure you do that um, at home, in a safe place, behind a firewall, with encryption, using all the security measures you would for any other financial transaction is really important. And, um, you know, you can always contact um, the... Um, the government agencies or the banks involved in purchasing safety, uh, the, those types of bonds. But um, we're certainly not recommending that people stop purchasing them. But uh, just be careful because you are necessarily involving a child's social security number. Yeah, uh, that, that makes sense. Uh, one of the things that um, my wife and I have done is gone to banks rather than buy online you sure. know, the uh, savings bonds. Um, but uh, we, we've also had to put the parents' ID number on it. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's where we can get into some of the prevention tips. We saw some with the video. There are other prevention tips that adults can use, um, as well as kids, to keep their information safe from identity thieves and uh, making sure that you practice safe computing, that you don't put any tax forms in your mailbox, bring those to the post office directly rather than leaving them in an unlocked mailbox ripe for the pickings of an identity thief that is willing to go through dumpsters and is willing to go through unlocked mailboxes. So, um, the other thing to mention is just like you can have a child security freeze, you certainly can freeze your own credit as well. Um, you can go to Equifax, um, Experian, and TransUnion and request security freezes on your own accounts um, permanently or unless you want to unfreeze the account. And those are all free. It used to cost $5 per credit reporting agency every time you locked and unlocked your credit. Now freezing is absolutely free of charge in both directions. So the, the, um, the choice is even simpler for people that want to protect their social security number and their credit reports. I myself use creditkarma.com. I, I know that uh, 
there are many different ways of accessing your credit, but it's free. But the only thing is that they only show two of the three credit agencies. And uh, I, I'm just curious um, why, why they would exclude one and keep the two. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is maybe they have an agreement for the portal for two out of the three credit reporting bureaus. Um, for that third one, whichever one it is, um, you can always go to annualcreditreport.com. And through April 2021, you can get weekly credit reports online, or you at least can do the one time per year credit report for that credit reporting agency completely free. It doesn't hurt your credit score. It's not a mark against your credit to request your own credit report. So again, that address is crucial. It's annualcreditreport.com. And there's also a toll-free number for annualcreditreport.com, and that's 877-322-8228. And again, that's to get your free credit report from one, two, or all three credit reporting bureaus. I'm a major proponent of checking your credit often. Absolutely. And just like you would check a receipt or an itemized bill, go through that credit report, every line item, make sure you recognize the banks, make sure the credit cards are in proper form, they're still open if they're open, they're closed if they're closed, make sure all your payments are up to date and that you haven't paid any bills late. And if there are errors, make sure you correct those through the credit reporting agencies ASAP. And if you see banks that aren't familiar or lines of credit that aren't familiar or loans that aren't familiar, that can be a sign of identity theft. So you want to file a police report, place an initial fraud alert on your credit file, review your entire credit report, and point out any errors immediately. Hmm. Uh, we only have about a minute and a half left. To sum this up, what are, are a few things that you would like to share to the audience about identity theft? Well, the important thing is, first of all, have tools at your disposal that are free or relatively inexpensive. Have your own shredder. Have a cross-cut shredder or a confetti shredder or at least access to one that you can use on a regular basis. Um, set passcodes on your smartphone. Don't conduct private business on public Wi-Fi. Um, another good handy tip is to make copies of your credit cards and store them securely so you can call to cancel them quickly if they go missing. And if you see something strange in your mailbox from a bank you've never heard of and they say you've opened up a credit card or something like that, don't wait till it's too late. Take action now to make sure to protect yourself and your identity. I, I, I think the uh, key word that you said is act as quick as possible. Don't wait. Absolutely. And, and uh, uh, suspecting that you've been uh, hit with an identity theft, et cetera. It's really up to you to, to pursue it and make sure that um, – Everything is kosher or it's not kosher. Right. And it's up to you as a consumer to consider placing an initial fraud alert on your credit report or um, even uh, more appropriate, maybe a security freeze on your credit report so that it, uh, it's sort of in a lockbox so that identity thieves don't have access to that credit report, and neither to uh, potential creditors that they may go through to get lines of credit or credit cards in your name. 
very important topic. So thanks so much for sharing it with your audience today. And, and thank you, Ryan. Hey, we're talking with Ryan Lippy. Ryan Lippy is a consumer educator with the Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost office. Ryan, thank you. As always, thank you so much.